When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, everyone. Welcome once again to the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Here we are tonight talking about Monday Night Raw for August 29th, 2016. The crowning of a WWE Universal Champion, the second one ever, happened on tonight's episode of Raw. We're going to talk all about it. New champion, more action from the new era. Uh, I guess, you know, we should spoil it out of the way, because if you're listening to this podcast, you definitely watched the show. And uh, once again, we have Wrestling Inc.'s own Raj Giri former WWE and TNA Impact superstar Matt Morgan. And guys, what are, what are your thoughts about Kevin Owens, the second WWE Universal Champion? Raj, to you first. Matt, your boy. Your boy won. Very, um, very happy. <laughs> well, I think it, uh, I love the way that they did it. You know, we were talking about it last week. There was really no no one for Seth to feud with if he won the title. There was no real baby face unless they brought someone from NXT. So this kind of it's kind of served both masters. I think I think this is leading to a Seth Rollins face turn and a feud with Kevin Owens. Yeah, Kevin Owens is the heel, uh, new steam on him, being you know uh, lined up with Triple H. Yep. So I, I thought it was uh, I thought it was perfect uh, uh, how they did this match. Seth Rollins is about to set this world on fire if this is a babyface turn that we just saw tonight or probably next week will be the actual turn. Um, this is going to be awesome. What an awesome main event pick, uh, title picture, if that's what it is. It has to be. Um, but um, more importantly, it pushes certain people down the card, no offense to Roman, that you know people were sick of seeing and they want fresh. This is definitely fresh. And, and more importantly, there's a little, not to sound corny here, but there's a good lesson if there's any other wrestlers watching this, younger wrestlers, that you take. The, I wrote this just on Twitter two seconds before we started. Kevin Owens is a great example of taking chicken shit and turning it into chicken salad on a consistent basis with the crap that they booked him in post John Cena debut. Okay, they gave him crap stuff that he was in my opinion, not meant to get over. Not that they tried to bury him, but also not meant to get over either. He got over every single time in any angle they booked him in to the point where they could not say no to him. They couldn't say no to his build. They couldn't say no or any excuses to anything. Um, credibly happy that he won the title, and I think he's going to be a good, great heel champion. Hopefully they don't do too much um, 
you know, triple A, too much triple H involvement, as I think Kevin is a good enough heel to, 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 to be a cowardly chicken, you know what, when he needs to be. Um, I don't think he needs the rub at the top. I really don't. The fans, they really respect him. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I think, you know, for, for especially the internet uh, wrestling nerd community online, I feel like one of our own is champion. I'm not just saying that as a chubby guy with yeah. a beard, you know, uh, yeah. but I feel like uh, like this is something that really satisfies the hardcore fans and now presents him as the top heel, the top guy where we're going to have Rollins uh, locked in a storyline with him. And I think it's going to be compelling. Sorry, Glenn, the, let me cut you off, but like, look at me, for example. I'm the, I'm the exact antithesis of the internet wrestling <laughs> fan, right? I'm a big, yeah. jacked up, seven foot, 300 pound. I'm sure the internet wrestling fans would think I got the silver spoon in my mouth when I started my wrestling career through Tough Enough and I only got over on my size. Whatever stereotypes are out there. I'm the antithesis of the internet yeah. wrestling fan. So, that just goes to show you how far Kevin Owens has come in the broader spectrum of fans that I think are out there for him. It's oh, not yeah. just the internet community that's into him anymore. I think it's everybody. No, I think uh, once he hit the main stage, I mean, he definitely, in, in my opinion, I think that he's just a guy that I think you get him the second you see him, uh, yeah. you know, uh, in the ring or out of it. I think that he plays so well um, yeah. with this character, and I think putting him as the champion. You know, I would have liked to have seen a clean win, but I think even under those circumstances, yeah. him as the champion just presents a ton of storyline opportunities yep. going forward. I, I feel like the way they did it just made it a lot more interesting too, because yeah. yep. bringing Triple H back, it gives it that buzz, you, you know, and and turning Rollins uh, babyface, it just throws everything up uh, in the air, and 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 Raw really needed that. Yes. Yep. They got their top babyface. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, and it was nice. I mean, the show ended early tonight. They didn't go the full uh, three hours and ten minutes that they've been going in recent yeah. weeks. And what I liked is that, uh, you know, we'll talk about this match in more detail, but I like that Triple H came in right at that point when it was starting to feel like, Raj, I know we talked about this with Vince Russo, it was getting that Batman versus Superman syndrome of finisher after finisher after finisher, dear God, won't this end finally? And right when it was on the precipice of going, I, I thought, just going into that same drag that we've seen, Triple H came out of nowhere. It was a great swerve complete surprise and just changed gave us this great dynamic finish you know it wasn't what we saw at uh, battleground with the the triple threat match there it wasn't just that same rollins versus reigns dragging it on and on and on which i think has been you know what the, what's been unfortunate about their recent matchups is it's had that same just never-ending cycle of finishers before it finally ended I'd love to see them, and, and, and let's get into the show, but I, yeah. you know, I'd love to see them start finishing right on time. I mean, they don't go over with SmackDown. I don't see why they need to on Raw, and Raw is a three-hour show. So definitely, you know, when I saw Triple H come out, I'm like, how are they going to drag this out for another 15 minutes? So I was, <laughs> I, was, uh, I was glad that they ended a little earlier than usual. Yeah. I, in fact, for the first time, I, I can't remember the last time I thought this about a Monday Night Raw. Left me wanting more. I was like, uh, it's yeah. over? The main yeah. event did, but not yeah. nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, so let's go uh, match by match and talk about what else happened on this monumental episode of Monday Night Raw. Uh, to start with, you know, obviously the fatal four-way that went at the end of the show, that was a running theme throughout the evening. We had vignettes about Reigns, Rollins, Owens, and Big Cass building up to the match itself. But let's talk about the first match of the night. We had Neville versus Chris Jericho. And this was interesting because it was setting up um, a storyline between them, this idea that Jericho cost Neville his his spot in the Fatal 4-Way tonight for the Universal Championship belt. Uh, what do you think of the pairing and the match itself? Matt, to you first. 
Um, I'm sorry, you cut off a little bit there. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, Neville versus Chris Jericho. What okay, did you think of their pairing and the match? Um, again, this <laughs> we're talking about needing new fresh baby faces. Again, Neville put on a, a valiant effort. <sighs> to lose a Chris Jericho shouldn't hurt you, obviously. He's a freaking Hall of Famer. Um, but what an opportunity as well, though, you know, to, 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 to really shoot him up the, the, the ladder, so to speak, with a win over Chris Jericho, who loses no steam. He can lose like Kurt Angle. He can lose 100 matches in a row and still be Chris damn Jericho. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't get it. I don't, I don't know what else they need from him. I don't know if they think he's too short. Well, I, I, that can't be it. They're about to introduce Cruisers, so I don't understand it. Um, awesome match, obviously. Love the story they told. That's really it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it just you know, to kind of to Matt's point, it just kind of keeps uh, Neville running in place and in the same spot he's just been in forever. Um, so you know, it was it was an easy to watch match, but it it didn't do anything for either guy. Uh, real quick uh, about that opening promo, I thought Owens just owned that that ring during that promo. You know, absolutely being did. in there with Reigns and Big Cass and and Seth Rollins, and he just I mean, he just dominated that that segment. I mean, he had, yeah, he just looks like he belongs in that main event spot. So, I mean, it was clear uh, from that segment that he's ready. It was, I I guess it's been clear for a while that Owens is ready. It's just, would he get that opportunity because of, you know, cosmetic reasons? Exactly. On the head, I agree with everything you just said. Yep. Yeah, and that promo I thought was really good. It was, it was, we hadn't seen one of those in a while of let's bring out all the contenders, have them sort of discuss their motivations going in. I really like when they do that. I think it contextualizes let's, each person's point of view. Claire, let me, let me ask you this real yeah. quick. I know we got to move on real quick, but I was thinking back in the Attitude Era or, or, or even in the 80s, would you expect to ever see, let's say the 80s, let's go with that era, Mr. <laughs> Wonderful, Hulk Hogan, King Kong Bundy, and Big John Studd. One baby face, three heels at the top of their game at the time, right? After mm-hmm. Orndorff just turned on Hogan, let's say. Anyways, would you ever expect to see those four megastars in the ring at the same time sitting on stools and doing that type of promo? No. <laughs> no. In the Attitude Era, did we ever see Stone Cold Kane take <laughs> uh, and The Rock or Triple H fill one in there, take Kane out? Sitting there on bar stools, chatting with each other. No. Yeah. Yeah, it just felt. It, it, I just felt like again. What, what, what's what am I missing here? Because these guys are super talented. They're of the same age. Why do they feel like? I don't want to say little boys, but why do they feel like what I'm watching right now are not men that are about to go out there and fight? Yeah, it's contrived it's, heat. I, I don't know. Is that it? Yeah. It's it's like they're trying to force. It just doesn't feel organic when you have these guys just kind of chilling, hanging out, and then Rollins gets upset with some juvenile, you know, humor. Yes. Even, yes. You know, it's just like that's not. Look at Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz, and you know what? You know, they're. Even they're throwing water bottles, and that thing was the greatest thing, you know, with with how that turned out. <laughs> See, it, what, I it's like, just like real, real emotion. Miz and Daniel right. Bryan, it's the same thing. Yes. It just feels real, and but, uh, but this it doesn't. See, I got, I call back to what they did leading up to Money in the Bank, the six men on a ladder vignette that they did with the six guys in the ring talking about their ambitions and what they would do. To me, that felt like a play. You know, that felt yeah. like it was, it was yeah. elevating it to a new level of theater. Um, and, and that's what I like about it. I didn't think this was as good as that, but I like the perspective. I like the idea that oh. we're getting in these guys' head. And you're right, you wouldn't have seen that back in the day because, honestly, it was – I think it's different that you would have seen the three guys that were going to go against Hogan, but they, I think there was much more different levels. Whereas now I think it may be this elevated everyone to that level of having a ring. 
here's what it is real quick so we can yeah. move on is that back in those two eras guess what those guys each got their own microphone time if it was backstage yeah. in the 80s with mean gene or it was in the ring live promo which is triple h wearing his sweet kangle hat on backwards and five leather jackets um <laughs> albeit that they all got their intentions across a lot they would be champion singularly week to week to week if need be to get four guys done not squeezing in one show like this That's yeah yeah, exactly. And one one last thing, and then let's move on. But did, did you guys catch uh, uh, Big Cass making the reference to the the leaked Seth Rollins pictures from last no, year? No, no, how did I miss that? He was he was talking about uh, uh, size does matter. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I just thought that was a generic sort of. Platitude. I just thought, yeah, that's that's a go to. I'd always go to in promos too. I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> I, th- I think I think that was a. Uh, huh. I think because people popped and Seth Rollins got a little more mad than usual at it. So I think it was. Okay. Uh, I mean, obviously it was scripted, but it, I thought it was kind of clever. Huh. But uh, yeah, let's go on. Uh, so next we had uh, uh, setting up uh, another big segment of that. We had the backstage promo with Bailey and the New Day, uh, setting up what was going to come later in the evening with uh, Dana uh, joining the club for a mixed gender tag match. Um, what, do, what do you think of the pairing of, of them? You know, uh, pairing them off in, in those configurations, Rush. I thought that segment was just brutal. Um, I, I, I like the New Day. I mean, they've been they've been kind of. I've been losing, uh, you know, some of my. Uh, my uh, enthusiasm for them uh, over the last six months, but I still like them. I, I love Bailey, but I don't know that 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 promo backstage just kind of it kind of gave me a headache. Um, but uh, you know, um, I just thought that it, it was just too happy. And I mean, I know Bailey's supposed to be, but. <laughs> I don't know. I like my wrestling. I like my wrestling a little more intense. That she literally was walking around hugging everyone at the start of it. I mean, yeah. just, that's all yeah. they needed to do. That's yeah. all they needed to do to get yes. her stick over. Just have her hug three people. That's it. Three random oh. people: the janitor, the camera guy, whoever. I don't care. Full character reset. Full storyline reset. This is going to be a condensed version of what we saw with her in NXT. They just took it back to square zero. With this, which I think is good. And I think when she came out to the ring, I mean, we'll talk about that match, but Matt, she did exactly what we talked about, where they made it a point where she hugged the kids, they yeah, really, really sold it across. I like that segment, but I agree it was a little lampshady, uh, a little over the top, but I think for New Day, too, I think it, it just worked, you know? Here's the thing. You don't need, but here's what you're missing, Glenn. Yeah. You don't, it's a new character. Okay, when you put him in a six man, especially an intergender six man, it's to give that talent the rub. She does not need the rub. This is the <laughs> one NXT star that you can bring up right now and is over. I don't care what anybody tells me. She yeah. is. Um, she did not need that. She did not need that. That, that, in my opinion, was either they think she needs that and they're just very incorrect, or two, they're trying to jam too much. You know, fi- uh, what is what's the saying? Ten pounds of bleep in a five-pound bag, um, trying to fit what they can on the show because they're so overly booking it. And uh, I didn't need to see that, and she did not need that tonight. She did not need any help. She didn't need a six-man. She needed to do anything tonight. She could have just done a backstage skit, whatever you want to call it, a uh, gimmick, and be fine. Um, and then maybe a match the next week. I don't know. And Dana Brooke, good Lord, I actually know her and I like her, but she needs to learn how to take the damn buckle finally. She needs to learn how to take a head bonk and the top buckle. You think she's tall enough for that? She, I mean, because she's pretty short. Then guess what? Talk about not taking it. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. That's uh, It just looks awkward. Uh, 
but yeah, yeah, uh, I, I, I agree with what Matt said. I, I, I felt like she didn't need the new day. Uh, you don't. I just felt like this was way too soon to be throwing her in that mix and establish her character first before you're mm-hmm. having her do all this goofy stuff. I'm curious where they go with her. You know, I mean, I wonder if we're just going to see her as the sideshow. Uh, I know. I mean, that's, until that's Sasha clear. Comes back. No, she's going to be challenging Charlotte for the women's title. Yep. I mean, Charlotte was on commentary. I mean, yep. they're building to that match. Yeah. Are they going to have time though to do that storyline before Sasha comes back? I mean, they'll do it the way they probably do all the other there's all the other storylines they've done. You know, it's kind of the the, the standard formulaic booking, but yeah. Um, yeah. Um, okay. I'll, I'll say this: Charlotte on the mic just seems just seems bored. Like <laughs> you know, she just didn't add anything that to make you want to like. Go! Oh, I lost Raj. Uh, he's, I have you on Glenn. Okay, well, we're here, so until Raj comes back. Um, you know, uh, speaking of which, so we're talking about uh, Charlotte on the mic. Did you see her episode of Superstar Inc. with Corey Graves that came out? No, no, I didn't. See, what was weird to me tonight was her and Graves on commentary just seemed so wooden. But if you watch that episode, and I recommend it, it was actually pretty interesting. They had, like, this great chemistry together, so much so. Because they're friends. They're, they're, they're yeah. actually a friend. You know, we're actually really good friends, so I'm surprised to hear that as well. Yeah, on commentary, it was just kind of dry. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like every time they put someone on see commentary. Face Bailey. Let's pretend we're listening. Uh, Great points, Raj. No, Raj. <laughs> Raj will be back. Uh, but I think that's the thing. Did you ever do one of those guest commentary spots, or were those not as in vogue? I got to do one when I was stuttering with Taz and Michael Cole, and I was just trying to pop Taz the whole time by trying to like get stuck stuttering on a curse word, and then yeah. instead of saying the curse word, say something absolutely <laughs> ridiculous just to pop them because I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this crap. So are you giving notes when you do that, or are no, you no. really? They just let you go out there and just yeah. in character improv. Yeah, it was big show in the ring with somebody, and I, and I had a feud with him at the time, and it was to just go out there and get to the part of the match where I do a run in and F five of them, I believe, is what it was. So gotcha. just go out there and get your character over is what I was told. Yeah, and you know, I think it's varying uh, levels of success with the, with the putting uh, the wrestlers on commentary. Sometimes you say, I think Kevin Owens is brilliant at it. I think Dean Ambrose has done really well with it. But it's like Natalia, oh, it's like a little cringy. Charlotte was just kind of wooden, um, you know. And that's, that's that's interesting though. That insight that most of the time it's uh, it's a shoot, not scripted, right. maybe, you know, some bullet points, but it's not tightly given what to say. Um, so, uh, Raj, we lost you halfway through there. Do you have any uh, final uh, thoughts about Charlotte on commentary? I almost got deleted there. Um, <laughs> no, that was that was about it. Gotcha. So uh, let's talk about what happened. Uh, Nia Jax got uh, her match this week uh, versus, uh, how is that, Hyann? Is that how it's uh, pronounced? Uh, local Houston wrestler. Um, I really don't have much to say about it. I mean, I felt like no. it was uh, a lesser version of what we've seen before. Uh Raj, any thoughts on Nia's match? Yeah, she, um, you know, she's a student at Booker T's. She, she trains at Booker T's uh, Reality of Wrestling School. Um, you know, it's the kind of, you know, the same thing they've been doing every week. I just don't like that they're doing it for Nia and Braun Strowman. Kind of the same exact thing. Um, you know, at least trade weeks where you have one do it one week and then keep them yeah. off TV and do it. You know, when, when you have them both doing the same thing on the same week, it just. Uh, it just seemed like you're doing the same thing, but uh, that's about it, guys. From now on, uh, I'm putting an asterisk in this show, and that asterisk, that asterisk is simply 
Anytime it comes to Braun Strowman squash match, anytime it comes to me and Jack squash match, I'm not talking about it going forward unless it's changed. Because it's it's ad nauseum. It's the same damn thing we say week after week. I know. We're, we're talking we're, about the opponents more than we are them because we're searching desperately for something to talk about. Well, Screw it. We're not talking about it. Let's move where, on to the next match and give where that does match it go with Nia? Where does it go with Nia? Who does Nia ultimately face? It's way too early, Glenn. Glenn this is way really? too early. Yeah. This is my other. This is the point of the I feel like this match. has been going on since my it. early twenties. Um, I mean, yes. I don't know. Okay, so in, in it ain't gonna we, stop. Ten, to ten weeks, we will check back in on the Nia Jax storyline. I'm going to mark it on my calendar. Um, so let's look next about a different pairing that we saw this week, uh, which was Sami Zayn versus Jinder Mahal. Uh, I mean, it was a relatively short match, but Raj, what did you think of, uh, I guess, Sami against Jinder? I feel like this was uh, upgrade for Jinder or downgrade for Sami in terms of uh, how they're booking him. I mean, it, it was what it was. It was a showcase for Sammy. Can you guys hear me, or did I yeah. lose you again? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you, you guys are frozen, but uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It was just a showcase for Sammy, uh, just a you know enhancement match for him, and he looked good. Um, and you know, I think Jinder Mahal looked good too for you know working with Sammy. Uh, so it was it was fine for what it was. Jinder is really good, actually. I watched him a little bit when he was in FCW. I live here in Orlando, so we used to get it on TV here, and I watch it each week. He's talented in the ring. He's actually a good worker. And taller than average, he's a guy that has natural size to him, doesn't need steroids to be big and muscular. You know, he's got a good look. I don't know why they need to put him in this role, but they're putting him in this role. What I don't like is why in the blue hell do they keep having to make Sami Zayn sound like he just got his ass handed to him and just won a match on adrenaline against this guy? <laughs> right. Do, do, do you know what I mean? Like, when can he just be uh, what the match want? Like, why can't he just eat somebody up once? Or he just wanted, like, he just wanted on his ability. Yes, <laughs> you know, like, God yes. forbid. Like, he doesn't always have to be because he sells well and he's the underdog. He plays it better than anybody. He doesn't need to do it every single time. Jeff Hardy didn't do that every single match. <laughs> right. Because that's Sami Zayn's day. He overcomes. He's an underdog. He goes out. His tires flat every day. He somehow right. figures out, gets a ride, works around. Yeah. He just, I mean, they play him like he's yeah. this. Perpetual sad it doesn't sack. mean as much though when somebody's yeah. actually getting right. legit steam on them. That's no, it. I agree. I agree. I mean, that's uh, that's a very good point. Hey everybody, welcome back to part two of the Wrestling Inc. Monday Night Raw recap podcast for August 29th, 2016. I'm here right now with Raj Geary, Wrestling Inc.'s own, and Matt Morgan will be rejoining us momentarily. So we made it through the first half of the show and now we come to the second in the best of seven series between Cesaro and Sheamus. I know when we talked about this last week, Raj, we predicted that this they were going to trade wins for a while but no, it looks like now 2-0 and in Sheamus's favor. I mean, did this do anything to make you care more about the best of seven series? I mean, I think it's, I think it's better that they, they did it this way just because just trading, you know, one-to-one is, uh, it, it's just a little too predictable. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it made it seem a little, a little uh, more organic. So in a way, they're kind of two and two because uh, Cesaro had won the two matches before the best of seven started. Um, I will say this, though. It was weird that Jerry Lawler made a knock on Cesaro having no personality uh, on the Raw pre-show. And not only did the WWE Universe Twitter account, Twitter account uh, tweet that out, uh, the WWE account, 
retweeted it, which is weird. They usually don't tweet stuff like that where it's, you know, ripping on their talent. So uh, it's clear that they have their perceptions about Cesaro. And, and hopefully this isn't one of those things that ends up going the other way, where instead of it coming down to a seventh match, it, it's used to kind of push Cesaro, you know, down, down the card. Bury him completely, like, yeah, dude. Mean, you you got shut out by Sheamus. I mean, yeah, hey. that's. Uh, see, I I would take the opposite tack and actually say this is one of those um, instances where you know you get the Machiavellian mastermind that is Vince McMahon and creative saying no Cesaro is at his best when his back is against the wall and when he's angry and when he feels like he you know has something to just get you know that piss and vinegar and riled up. Um, so I'm kind of hoping we see that where he just gets you know, heap after heap uh, of, of uh, static thrown at him. And then he just maybe, we, we see that breaking point, which it seems like he's been leaning towards since the draft with his ever-increasing anger about feeling marginalized. Right. You know, that's that's my hope, at least. That's how I would, uh, you know, save uh, where, where the storyline's going. But uh, yeah, I thought the match itself was okay. Um, uh, we did, oh, you know, since Matt's not back yet, because he, he, uh, didn't want to share his thoughts. I did like that Braun Strowman's opponent this week was a luchador. I like that they changed it up a little bit. Yeah. I wonder if that had anything to do with the triple a pay-per-view this past weekend or probably, <laughs> probably not, but I thought that was, that was, that was kind of funny. Yeah. Why don't they just, uh, go full on against, you know, like impact or the other promotion, get like Gilberg out or something. And let's just like completely make fun of the competition, you know, in these squash matches, I think, yeah. you know, why didn't they get like a Conor McGregor stand in and have him come out to get pummeled by Braun? You know, that would have been like a good current events time. That actually would be kind of funny if they did that. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm surprised uh, they haven't gone full on with that. Well, so what was his name? Americo? Yeah, Americano. Americo. Uh, you know, they pronounced it both ways on commentary, which shows how serious the commentary team is taking <laughs> right. uh, uh, everything. But I did, I did like that they added the thing about him removing the mask and that being super disrespectful. I thought that at least made it a little, you know, like a little, there was a little wrinkle to it, a little bit more character development, something to keep it a little fresh and interesting. But as far as I'm concerned, like as long as they keep giving us this cavalcade of characters um, that are each interesting and dynamic and not just generic creator wrestler, um, you know, that's what I like about these matches. I know we talked about how we talk about the opponents more than the guy they're trying to get over with the squash match, but that's the thing. To me, that's what makes it interesting is who they're destroying week after week. Um, so uh, Matt is uh, MIA at the moment, but uh, I'm sure he, he'll be. He's not the most technically technically uh, affluent uh, guy, but I'm sure he'll be back on soon. Yeah. Uh, you know, while we're uh, taking a break here, waiting on Mr. Matt Morgan to rejoin us. You know, I was is. watching. Oh, here he is. Hey, Matt. He is. Go ahead. Keep going. So uh, we were talking a little bit thoughts about Cesaro and Sheamus. Uh, just if uh, you had anything to, to add to that. Um, obviously, it's a boring series. Nobody get, nobody really cares about it. <laughs> um, but here's the thing. Um, that's why you know Cesaro's down 0-2 because they're doing everything they can to try to make it as exciting as they can. And Cesaro is an absolute crazy nut job for taking that backdrop tonight on the yeah. ring apron. That is a risk he doesn't need to be taken. I probably sound like some, like 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 Russo or somebody like that. That's like eighty nine thousand years old, and <laughs> doesn't you know doesn't appreciate the progression of the athleticism in the ring. That said, tonight was he did not need that. He did not need to do that. Especially on Raw. It's, I mean, it's one thing if, if this was at SummerSlam or something like that, you know, where you you want to take a bigger risk, but just a. a, a a nothing TV match that no one's going to remember. Yeah, that seemed like a, a big unnecessary risk. That's, yeah, a, neck, that that's for, a neck injury waiting to happen. 
Save that for match seven of the seven-part series, not match two. You don't or open just, with or just don't do it. No, you know, it's not like well, going to... Let me ask you about this, Matt, because your viewpoint on this is, is probably better than anyone's. So in this, in this injury-prone era that we're in, what high-risk maneuvers do you think just aren't worth it at this point, well, given the, the injuries we've seen? You keep... Real quick, I know we got to move along. You keep yeah. saying, I know you keep saying that, Glenn, this, this, this injury. What do you call it? Injury? I'm going to say injury. People era, jokingly right? yeah. call it the injury era. Okay, you know? well, let me shut them all up. Here's yeah. why. This is what happens when you start steroid testing the entire WWE, and they're doing it on an even scale. I'm not being funny about it. I'm being yeah, honest. Yeah. The, those These guys are on the road five days a week. They, more than any other athlete in America, more than football players, more than basketball players, more than baseball players need their muscles recovered faster than any of the rest of them because they don't have an off time there's no off season mm-hmm. um so it, it, it's that's why guys are getting hurt okay it's not it's not just because they're taking high-risk maneuvers although this is definitely what they're doing they definitely mm-hmm. up the ante and they're doing a, dives every match absolutely you're right but a lot of this and nobody's talking about it and i don't know why they're scared to talk about it that's the truth um there are certain there were certain steroids out there that do take care of injuries that do help muscles heal faster. Um, it's not a real sport, you know what I mean? I mean we could talk about this all day, um, but that's my opinion. Why guys are getting more injured is definitely I'd say thirty percent the the stuff they can't take. They can't even take like certain types of creatine, to my understanding, which is a oh, wow. joke. It's ridiculous. Um, so that that's my opinion. But doesn't that also cause more injury? Like uh, when you're freakishly bodybuilder, right. shredded and whatnot. Yeah, definitely. You can tear your tricep like Batista doing uh, cardio um, while while running on a treadmill because things accidents like that would happen because your muscles are so dehydrated and you're doing things to them you shouldn't be doing to them. Um, but like, look, I was a guy that was, and, and, that, and we're not saying by the way that Batista was on anything, just that you were just yes. saying it's a, a muscle, uh, an example, muscle. like a weird, a weird incident, something like weird, like that could happen. But let me be very clear. Um, I'm, I'm hundred percent against steroids. Um, I just never saw at my coworkers using it as cheating. I didn't, I saw it as them trying to rebuild their, their, their body to be able to stay on the road and take the bumps and bruises from the road. What you're seeing is guys not able to, not even just not take steroids, but not to take certain supplements, yeah. legal supplements that other athletes can take, but for some reason, WWE superstars can't take. That's a big thing that nobody talks about. And I don't know why they don't. Well, it's interesting. You know, I value getting your insight on that because that's different. I mean, so you have Bret Hart who's saying it's because these indie guys aren't taught to not hurt their their partners and they're doing these crazy maneuvers. You have yeah. Scott Hall who's actually saying because they're, they're soft, uh, because they're not working as hard as they were back in the day, and your body like toughens up and gets used to it. So, yeah. so you think you uh, think the wellness policy is a big part? Of I, I, I think I think I think like we're talking very small. I'm t- I'm saying like maybe. 15 to 20 percent of the reason the 80 percent of the reason is they're taking higher risks no question about it yeah. yes but it's and, something and nobody they, ever brings up is what i'm saying right no, and, and they're doing it every week now I, I, you know i mean i mean they did it like that in the 80s too but every week on tv they're trying to have these great matches and they're doing you know biggie doing that spear to the outside you know on on raw on a, on a, yeah. on a you know for a match that means nothing so it's it's a lot of unnecessary risk. You look at live events; it's exciting for fans because the matches are a lot better than they were back in the '80s. But in the '80s, there were uh, I mean, the, those wrestlers could get so much more out of doing very little. Uh, Business wasn't as exposed as it is today. 
Yeah. Sorry, it just yeah. wasn't. That is true. But you know what's interesting? And maybe and this this uh, this is just an ignorant statement because maybe we don't hear about it as much. Because why would we? But are, are there as many stories out there right now and the indies and the local promotions? I mean, are these guys? You know, I feel like I don't see on Reddit on Squared Circle people yeah. talking about oh so and so you know got paralyzed at a bingo hall or can't right. wrestle for two years. Is it just because we don't know the names that are getting hurt? Right. Or I mean, is that, is that the reason why that's not as big of an issue? Yeah, those guys are still pushing the ante as much as they can, and once yeah. they get good enough to be able to start doing those high, you know, those super duper high risk moves, they're doing them and they're getting hurt. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a fascinating perspective, and that's definitely interesting. But that's the thing. I mean, you're talking about that with Cesaro tonight. And, you know, I was thinking about it with the Finn Balor thing. It's like, you know, that uh, that uh, barricade bomb uh, that Rollins did. I mean, it was a good moment in the match, but I think the match would have been just as good without it. I mean, when uh, Finn's doing those running drop kicks, you know, I mean, like, I felt like there were enough crazy great moments in that match yeah. that certainly the risk wasn't worth the reward. Real quick, Matt, did you did you hear Daniel Bryan's comments last week about uh, why Samoa Joe and, and Nakamura should be on the main roster? And, and saying about, like, the injuries and how you have a certain amount of bumps, really, that you can take and, and, yeah. and that they're older and, and, and they're wasting these bumps in NXT, yeah. basically, rather than on the main roster. I used to hear that when I first started in OVW. My friend Nova used to say that because he, he was on ECW and then got signed by WWE and got brought in and had to go through OVW like the rest of us. He went to all the first beginning bumping practices, the crap that I had to learn to do because I didn't know how to wrestle yet. Um, started square one. Nova, who had been all around the world and back, had to start at square one with the rest of us. And that's the first time I heard anybody talk about a bump card, meaning if we're going to get value out of this guy, how many bumps does he have left in his quote-unquote bump card before the neck injuries, before the back injuries, before they can't do the things that they're known to be able to do? And that's I agree with Daniel 100% on that. Um, Joe's got a little bit more meat on him than Guy, I think, and he doesn't come up because he doesn't come off his feet as much. He's not taking as many snap bumps, back bumps in that ring. But uh, Nakamura, not, you know, as well as another bigger guy. But that is a very true statement, though. Like, what are we doing with them? Get them on TV like yesterday. No, that's interesting. Um, and, and we'll see. We'll see how soon they, they bring them up, you know, to the main roster. And I think, I mean, Daniel Bryan this week, I, you know, I know this is the Raw recap, but, man, you know, still, I mean, let me ask you, Raj, did this, did this uh, I think, you know, to tonight's enthusiasm, I think the title change was good, but, you know, I got to say now that we're talking about it again, man, I'm looking forward to SmackDown this week, seeing what happens with Daniel Bryan and The Miz. Like, I have to say, that's still one of the most interesting things that's happened in recent memory. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I was worried that they were just going to drop it. Uh, you know, Miz hasn't mentioned it. Daniel Bryan didn't mention it in his sit-down interview with Michael Cole last week. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'll, it's, I'm curious to see where they go with it. Yeah, Matt, since, uh, uh, so let's uh, get back to Raw and talk about a match, well, you know, the Miz and Daniel Bryan. How could that possibly compare to Titus O'Neil versus Darren Young? And uh, tonight's match, uh, Matt, uh, did that do anything for you or was that a bathroom break tonight? Add this to the asterisk before the show starts. I'm not talking about this match until the series is done. I didn't know they had another best of seven series going. This I is refuse to talk about this. And I'm stepping in. I'm making you refuse to talk about this, Raj, because we're doing the fans a favor right now. Man. We're fast forwarding this. Let me, let, me, let me just ask you this. We don't have to talk about the match, but let me ask you this. Who do you think is going to have more matches? What, what match do you think we'll have seen by the end of the year more times? Uh, Cesaro versus Sheamus or Darren Young versus Titus O'Neil? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't care. I don't want to see. Yeah. 
Man, this is this is just brutal. Uh, it's, yeah. it's gotten to. Is this is gonna be this is gonna be a problem when Monday Night Football starts here in a couple of weeks. Is it or is it is Monday Night Football is that? It's the week after next. So sorry, yeah, yeah. I'll, they got to pick it up. This is, just, again, just why did they do the brand split? Just cheer God. Like we've got like three things that are super compelling to talk about, and yeah, it's like when we want to talk about the shit happening on SmackDown more than what's happening on Raw. Man, Raw's in trouble. You know? yeah. Fast forward. <laughs> yeah. Anything keeps Bob Backlund getting a check, I'm in favor of. Uh, so, so Darren, uh, well, real quick, Darren, for the people that didn't see it, Darren won this time. Uh, I don't, I don't who, who even cares what their records are, are at, but, man, uh, this is just beyond, uh, beyond bad right now. Yeah. You know, that when the best thing about the match is Bob Backlund and the chance to hear the primetime players theme again. That's, that's when I'm you know, like, there's nothing, there's nothing for me there. You know, um, I'm gonna choke both of you. Move on. <laughs> so, and did you see talking- Darren when he took the? No. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're gonna talk about the Fatal Four Way in a second. But first, you know, I was watching the Razor's Edge, the Scott Hall documentary the other night, and uh, once again, Diamond Dallas Page turns another life around with DDP Yoga. DDP Yoga has changed countless lives, and even many of the past and current roster have benefited immensely from it. Guys like Jake Roberts, Scott Hall, Chris Jericho, and Mick Foley all swear by DDP Yoga. And now DDP has taken it to another level with the DDP Yoga Now app on iOS and Android devices. So you got no excuse because you can take it anywhere. And the cool thing about their app is that you can track more than just your workouts. You can also connect it to a heart rate monitor. You can track your calories and heart rate in real time, whether you're at the gym, on your DDP yoga mat, or even while you're out mowing the lawn. All the fitness tracking features, including pain tracking, measurements, progress photos, and more, are completely free in the app. DDP Yoga Now subscribers won't get tired of doing the same workouts over again because they've also added the completely new DDP Yoga 2.0 workouts, the weekly live workouts from the DDP Yoga Performance Center, and motivational messages every Monday from DDP himself. And hey, DDP even hosts his own cooking show on the app, showing you how to make healthy food taste amazing. For a limited time, you can get the DDP Yoga DVDs for 20% off, plus three months of complete access to the DDP Yoga Now app. Head over to ddpyoga.com slash wrestlinginc. Stop procrastinating. Get started now. DDP Yoga has changed so many lives. It's going to change yours. ddpyoga.com slash wrestlinginc, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. And also, you know, summer's over, fall's coming, it's time to upgrade your style. And if you're going to upgrade your style, have Trendy Butler, you know, try it out. See if uh, you got nothing to lose. And I'm telling you, it works. I mean, they, you, you, you select a style profile and they do all the work for you. They have a stylist that picks clothes that cater to you. And even better, for only $65, you get over $150 in designer clothes. I've used them. I use their, I wear their clothes all the time. And I urge all of you guys to try it out. Uh, go over to TrendyButler.com and use code WRESTLING10 when you sign up, and you get an additional $10 off. You can find out more about them at TrendyButler.com. Did you lose Com and on Twitter at Trendy? I'm I I can hear you guys. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, I hear you now. Okay. Cut out at the end. TrendyButler.com. Wrestling ten is the promo code. In case anyone didn't catch that. Um, so let's talk about this fatal four way action. Uh, so we had the match: Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens versus Big Cass versus Seth Rollins. What was your thought going into the match, Matt, uh, both the, uh-huh. and the match itself and the order of elimination, how it all Ooh, went down? He, he threw to me first, folks. Um, <laughs> I thought they did a great job of setting, first and foremost, Cass up. 
we knew, I mean, I knew he was going to be the first one eliminated. I didn't have any questions about it. Um, however, they did a great job of, of somewhat protecting him and him hitting the moves. If you pay attention, rewatch that match. He's the one who would take Reigns out. So Reigns would start getting cooked, and, and the, they're smart. WWE smart in the way that they know Reigns is getting booed again right now. And Kaz would be the one that would cut him off at all the right spots. It looked like Reigns would start blowing a comeback. The fans would look, sound like they were starting to come with Reigns a little bit, but then you know the local, local, the vocal minority would you know kind of shut them down and start cheering a little bit, you know, booing a little bit louder than the cheers, if you will, on a lot of Roman stuff in there. So, until Big Kaz would step up, boot his face off. I thought they set that up very well. Something little that I noticed, but something that's also very big that tells me they do like Big Cass a lot. Uh, the match itself was absolutely awesome. I loved it. I, I disagree with Russo and other people that they don't like as many false finishes. I love false finishes when they're done well. Um, I do. It draws me in. It absolutely draws me in. Uh, a couple of Romans. Roman of all people had some really cool Superman punches thrown in there um, toward the end that were very believable uh, falses um, the guys worked their asses off worked their butts off out there and gave us one hell of in my opinion a pay-per-view quality main event I thought I really did um, Big Cass stepped up as well tonight he held his own out there he didn't blow anything that I saw he led once in a while with what was going to happen next he tipped his hand so to speak selling in the corner but again, he's huge. Same problem I used to have. When you need to be up to be part of that bam, 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 false finish stuff at the end of a match and you're the size that we are, seven feet, there is no hiding in the corner like a lot of the other guys can get away with. Fans see you starting to get up and they know you're about to come do something. Um, so you lose a little bit of that element of surprise that smaller guys get away with. Um, that's my two cents. I thought the match was very, very good. I loved, obviously, the outcome. You know I love the outcome. I've been begging for this forever. <laughs> and and you know what I I agree I like the finish the false finishes in this plus it wasn't the big move false finishes right like uh, yeah. they didn't kick out of the pedigree he didn't kick out of the spear yeah. uh, you know it was the Superman punches and things like that so right. uh, it, it, I I felt like it was done in a way that it was exciting without getting without getting overdone and I thought I thought this went, I agree with Matt this match was awesome Big Cass had some of the coolest boots i've ever seen like that he hit reigns with twice that one to the outside of the ring and and then there was another during the match and um yeah this was owens over the top rope big boot yeah that was pretty nice yeah yeah and then uh this was actually big big cass's uh first loss on the main roster he he's never been pinned or submitted yeah Uh i mean he's lost with enzo as a tag team but him himself has never been pinned uh but yeah you know i i was worried that they were gonna go with cass you know to the end because of of what we were talking about last week with having no one for rollins and and they changed all that and and they 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 switch things up, man. You know, if Raw wasn't three hours, and and I complain about it too much, but it's it's true, I would be way more excited. But you know, the the fact is, there's like one thing to watch on Raw right now, and yeah. and we we completely glossed over this uh, the Stephanie McMahon Paul Heyman program. Uh, promo. Oh yeah, yeah. But that was another thing. It's something that could have been interesting, and it was absolutely nothing. Right. And um, and this is all you got. But you know, it's still something to to look forward to. Yeah, well, let's come back and talk about that in a minute because uh, that leads nicely into what they just announced for Orton versus Lesnar round two that's going to be happening at a WWE live event the night before Clash of the Champions. Um, but the, correct me if I'm wrong, but this was the first time Triple H has been on TV since Mania, correct? Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, on, on, it might have been the night after Mania. I'm not sure. I don't remember. Uh, on the yeah, on the main on Raw or SmackDown, it's been since Mania. I think he's been on NXT, but you know that that doesn't. That is not kayfabe Triple H. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I like that. I like that now we, we've got a, a new storyline coming through to this. We've got Owens as uh, you know the authorities guy and what that's going to present and set up from here. To me, this seems like creatively the most interesting direction. But now there was a story on Wrestling Inc. about this about the original plans had Balor not been injured and they were setting up towards Owens versus Balor, correct? Right. Yeah. yeah. So it looks like Rollins is kind of stepping in that 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 role and then I, I think that's great i think Rollins should be a baby face right now and uh and i think it'll be awesome uh matt what do you, do you think they're going anywhere with triple h or is this another way to just get the authority back on tv every week because i don't see that i don't see him wrestling roman reigns again here's the problem i i see it or i mean with the match that the finish that happened tonight and i hope i'm wrong Kevin Owens, I hope, doesn't have any naysayers up there. I don't know what the kid's got to do to prove himself if he does. But believe it or not, even though he's a champion, I worry there are some haters up there, you know, the booking, the writers, the people up in upper management that see his physique and maybe, oh, he's not your standard champion, whatever they want to cry about and complain about, even though it's 2016. Um I worry about that, and, I, and if I worry about that, then it leads me to think in trip, like they're going to stack Triple H with him in, in some type of, you know, obviously like like what's his name did before uh, Rollins, mm-hmm. um, and Kevin. I don't think he needs it. I really don't. Um, ugh, that's the only thing I can see them doing. We don't need to see any more of that stuff, though. As a, we don't need to see it. We, it doesn't need to come back. I thought that was the most tired, played out angle, <laughs> even though. Him and Stephanie are phenomenal in their roles. They're very believable and very good. It's just we don't they don't need to see it. Let, let these kids start to you know carry their own. You know, carry the ball on their own. Someone's bringing up that it could lead to Triple H versus Rons, and that would be pretty cool. Um, you know, if they if they built it down the road, but but I agree. I think uh, I think Kevin Owens being put right back in a like an authority type of uh, group just kind of bring. I don't think it does much for him. Mm-hmm. And he can't clown Hunter the way that he does, you know, everybody else with, you know, like Jericho's all, that's what made Chris Jericho so good. He's so comfortable with his own skin. You can make fun of him, you can do whatever you want, and he's still cool with it. He's just trying to get that dude over, you know? And I don't, Hunter's character just wouldn't be playing that, I don't say. You know, the real life Triple H is cool like that and funny. I don't think his character would be doing that. Right. Well, it's interesting how they played his reaction tonight. I mean, it was different expressions from Kevin Owens, seeing him looking, you know, sort of shocked, surprised, right. confused. Um, I mean, I think we could potentially see some different dimensions. I think there's just so many. What, what I like about this, and this is where it taps into me of, of what I like about all fandom, is that when something happens in the story and I'm like, oh, my God, there's like eight different directions they could go with this, and they're all pretty interesting. You know, it's like the fact that I'm even thinking about that to me says that this was good for the storytelling, you know? This is why we watch wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so let's talk a bit. Let's go back to, to that promo and talk about Paul Heyman and Stephanie McMahon and now this live event that was announced. That, uh, do you want to give everyone the complete details on it, Rush? Yeah. So Brock Lesnar uh, is going to have a rematch with Randy Orton, but it's going to be at a Chicago house show on, I believe, it's September 24th. It's the night before Clash of Champions. Uh, it's kind of weird that, uh, you know, you have a, a pay-per-view match that, that would still do well, and you're 
doing it on a house show. I know Les, Brock Lesnar's contracted for X amount of house dates, but you know that's usually when they put him in with the Sheamuses or the the Alberto Del Rios. Uh, this seems this seems like a odd departure from that that formula. You, you don't think though this will be on the network? Well, the, the fact that it's the night before Clash of Champions right. makes me think that it probably wouldn't be. It shouldn't, be. It right. shouldn't but yeah. yeah, they could easily do it. Um, but yeah, it, it seems weird. Um, more, Matt, how, how would you think? Do you think they should just have if if it ends up being a network special and it's televised? Yeah. You think they should still have Lesnar just win again? How many days does he have left? Oh, I think he's still got. He re-signed last year for two years, so it's probably up around um, WrestleMania. But he'll probably re-sign again. So he's good through Mania, right? Yeah. Brock's got to go over. Yeah. He does. I agree. All right. And, oh, and, by the way, really, really quick, I'm sure you're excited to see Stephanie completely yet again. <laughs> do what? Drum roll, please. Raj, what did you do? Dressing, dressing somebody down savagely this time. I mean, I think Stephanie takes more pleasure dressing down Paul Heyman than than other people. Like she, uh, <laughs> <laughs> she wanted to make sure everyone knew he had no balls. You know, like it was. She went out of her way for that one. She is so good, though. I'm sorry. I, she is so good in this role. Like I would, I wish she could wrestle. Like I wish she can get in the ring and be a performer, so we can get some money out of this. She is that good. You hate her. You can't stand what you know. You nobody there watches that likes her. Yeah, She's it's just a great that, heel. that heat just never goes anywhere. It just goes right. on her. <laughs> yeah, yes, it does. Emasculation City. Yep. Right. Well, and that's the weird thing. If they don't do this as the network special, so that promo tonight, I mean, was all continuing the storyline and adding this new wrinkle to it with Paul talking about her being the sole heir to the McMahon. I mean, and him doing the thing where he was like kissing her ass and then at the same time looking like he was getting one over on her at the end. Like if that. I don't know. It seems weird if they don't do this as live special on the network. Like, because how do they keep the storyline going if we're not well, going to see the next chapter? I think they're building to Brock and Shane. That's what they're yeah. building to. I mean, they didn't mention Orton at all. Yeah. <clears throat> well, yeah, I'll be, I'll be curious to see if they announce something more happening with it. Um, what else? What else do we have for this week, Rush? Uh, Mr. Fuji passed away. Oh. Legendary Mr. Fuji uh, passed away Saturday morning. Uh, he was 82 years old. Uh, Matt, did you ever get a chance to interact much with him? No, I wish I did. He's the very first person or anything in wrestling that I got introduced to the foreign object yeah. by as a little boy watching. Um, you know, every one of us remember Mr. Fuji as a little boy watching wrestling. Huge part of our childhood, you know, as far as watching and what's embedded in our head when we think pro wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, him and uh, for him, him and Don Morocco and him and Demolition always stick out to me because they were. Uh, that's when I really got huge into wrestling. And, and Mr. Fuji, he's, he's one of those like Bobby the Brain. He is such an iconic manager that you almost forget that you know he was a five-time former uh, WWE Tag Team Champion, you know, and had a yeah. a, a, a great career. So uh, definitely one of the iconic uh, iconic managers. His promos made no sense; they were insane, but he was memorable. Yeah. Yep, didn't matter. I always thought he was evil. I always just thought he was evil. I thought he needed to get across. Yeah, yeah. They, do you remember there was that one period of time where they they had him managing Jeff Jarrett? What? It was the weirdest. It was huh. like two weeks that they did it. But I remember thinking that was the weirdest pairing I've ever seen in 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 wrestling. But yeah, yeah that is. But yeah. 
No, that was that was great. So that they did the full retrospective. Like I didn't really know much about his wrestling career. Uh, I think you know I came into wrestling literally right about when when he started his manager return. So I thought it was really interesting and all encompassing tonight. But man, eighty two, you know, as far as I'm concerned, if if you're making it north of eighty, that's a triumph. And I thought that was a really nice video package they did for him tonight. Yeah, and also Bo Dallas was arrested over uh, on Friday um, on his way to Mexico. Uh, got pretty wasted. Sounds like their fl- so their flight was delayed for a few hours, and and he had several drinks, and I guess caused a, a bit of a, a squirmish on the flight, and got kicked off, and ended up getting arrested. You know, WWE, they're so you just never know which way they go with releases and stuff. But Matt, do you think this is something that he could get released over? Uh, honestly, I hope not, because I. How old do you know his age? Do you know how old he is? Oh, gosh. Uh, Early 20s still. Let me, let me look it up real quick. Just good. The reason I'm saying that, just real quick, guys, is because we all made mistakes growing 26. up. 26. 26. People could say, oh, well, you're a young man at this point. You should know better. But I've made so many mistakes. I'm a, I'm a former, you know, pill addict myself. That's now I'm 10 year, about to be 10 years sober. Um, I've made many mistakes. Um Nobody's perfect. I'd like to see him get another opportunity just to let this be what it is, that one isolated thing that he got out of control doing, you know, do whatever penance he needs to serve without being fired and losing his livelihood, you know, his, his livelihood, his job, you know. Uh, I never saw anybody lose their job. Um, I know back in the day, guys can get away with this all day. In fact, guys would be patted on the back for stuff like this back in the day for whatever stupid reason. But, you, you, you know, it's just a different era. You, you never can tell. There's so much media out there covering all this stuff nowadays. An image is literally everything. Actually, the perception of your image is everything nowadays. Um, so I hope for his sake that they don't they do not do something like that. And they look at it what it is. The kid made a mistake. Let him see if he can you know learn from it and not repeat it again. Yeah. Now, Raj, I know Wrestling Inc. had the story on this, and Bo was drunk on the plane, apparently singing songs from The Lion King at the top of his lungs. No, um, that, was, that, that was before the flight. Oh, that um, was before the flight, The Lion King. Now, do we know, as Bixen Span pulled the police report to see which song from The Lion King he was singing drunk? Again, that was, that was <laughs> before the, the flight in question. <laughs> but, uh, but it was the, the uh, Amuimowe song at, at the, uh, the restaurant before the flight. It actually was. Um, but... Which, uh, which should tell you where he's at as far as a young man. He's still maturing, guys. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and, I didn't know, you know he was 26. I didn't know Bray Wyatt's 29. That family man has got some old genes, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you remember Emma got uh, released for a few hours for getting busted shoplifting. But then, they, you know, they brought her up, you know, brought her back later that night and kind of undid it. So hopefully, you know. Uh, it doesn't look like they're rushing to anything, so hopefully that's, uh, that works in Bo Dallas's favor. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I just hope they give him something. I mean, he was on, uh, what was it, Superstars, or main event, one of them this past weekend, teaming with Curtis Axel. I watched that match. But, uh, yeah, he hasn't, feels like post-draft and post-disbanding uh, the social outcast, they just don't have anything for him right now. Right. Yeah. All right. Cool, man. So uh, coming up this week, we got SmackDown Live. Uh, Matt, because we didn't get your thoughts earlier, what do, what do you think about uh, Brian versus The Miz? Uh, did you- I was all over that as soon as that thing hit the, the Internet um, is where I caught that. Um, wow. That was such a money promo. Love the promo. Um, I don't know what this means. I mean, obviously, Daniel Bryan can't wrestle. They're not going to let him wrestle. I hope you guys, your hopes aren't up that Daniel Bryan's going to wrestle, right? That ain't yeah. happening. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, but 
there could be some good stuff on the mic where Miz can prevail because he's not going to have to wrestle, where, where Daniel Bryan would make him look silly. Um, this favors Miz. Miz is money on the mic. You can make fun of him all damn day. He can talk. Um, and I hope he's able to do something like that again. You know they're going to try to recreate that, and it's not going to be as good as it was that night because the Miz was pissed off, and that you can tell he was legitimately fired up in that promo. Um, I hope they can get that out of him again. Yeah, I thought I, that was yeah. Like we, we talked about it before, but it's best work, and I'm I'm curious to see where they go, and and that's what makes wrestling fun. And yeah. we had something fun tonight, you know, something great tonight, and hopefully uh, SmackDown can follow suit. Yep. Yeah. No, the, the Kevin Owens era has begun. Uh, I'm going to have to run out and get a replica belt because now confirmed, I know who I'm being for Halloween. People might actually know who he is now for a change. Uh, he's the WWE Universal Champion. Um, cool, guys. So uh, anything else to touch upon this week before we wrap things up? Take it home. No, but I'm going to plug my Instagram page before I get cut off at BP Matt Morgan, as well as my Twitter at BP Matt Morgan. <laughs> Folks, go out and buy some 5% nutritional products. I just signed a contract with them, the best supplements in the market. You can go online and get them at 5%nutritionproducts.com. Uh, I might need some of your advice on those, Matt. Am I, uh, yeah. I'm kind of in a rut. <laughs> All right. Cool, guys. Well, uh, you can follow all of us on Twitter. If you like the show, subscribe on iTunes or uh, YouTube. Leave us a review and a rating. And uh, we'll be back here Wednesday, 12 noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, to talk about SmackDown Live, where they're going with Daniel Bryan versus The Miz, what's happening with the women's division and the tag team champions, hopefully the the prevalence of uh, Heath Slater and Rhino in the tag team tournament, and much more. Join myself and David Bixenspan for that Wednesday, and we'll see you back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Glenn Rubenstein.